Previously on Quantum Kickflip. Uh, we are releasing an exclusive flavor of Panic Energy Drink in cooperation with Scram Cat, Scram Cat's Cran Slam. And the only way to get Cran Slam is to compete in their brand new obstacle course, the Scram Cat Kitty Cat Hover Track. We will be going to the beautiful dimension of Popularia. We're the Wilkie's crew. Who's, who's the Scram Cat crew? BRB. Well, that'll sure raise the stakes after the last video they posted. Helix Pinnacle. Can I get a D6 roll, please? Two. We are going to give you a fog slam. You're going to be graded on each of these checkpoints according to three criteria. Control. Flare. Speed. Oh, and look at that. It looks like the scores are coming up on the leaderboard now. Yes! Oh my god, top of the leaderboard! Mave, I'm ahead of you! Walt, I'm ahead of you! BRB, I'm ahead of all of you! Flying over a ridge behind the party lodge, it appears. Those of you with a penchant for biology and slug blaster lore may recognize this creature as a peeler-eyed dreadfly. An abomination that creates and feeds on alternate possibilities within the multiverse. Before you have a chance to act, it takes aim and spews a gushing stream of bright green slime directly at you. there everybody and welcome back to another episode of quantum kickflip a slug blaster actual play podcast my name is lena i am your host i am your slug master and with me are some of my best and funniest friends in the whole world who are going to introduce themselves to you now players as you introduce yourselves i want you to describe an alternate timeline version of yourself if something small had changed in your past, what would you be like? <laughs> Hi, my name's Liam. I play Helix Pinnacle, the smarts playbook with the hard light board. Uh, and I have thought about this a lot, actually. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that if I hadn't gotten into stand-up comedy in 2009 and uh, became the improviser and podcaster and uh, entertainer that I am now, uh, I probably would be just like the worst kind of dude. Uh, <laughs> what kind of media I consumed leading up to that point. I know what kind of <laughs> forums I was on. And in every other reality, I'm like, mm, Jordan Peterson has some good ideas. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> thank you all for uh, pulling me out of what would have been uh, a pretty abysmal existence. <laughs> I you know, it's, it's about ethics and games journalism. <laughs> oh, damn. Hi, my name is Michael Vetch, and I'm here playing Walton Wick, the chill playbook with the robot companion. Uh, and I think for myself, uh, an alternate uh, timeline version of me would be if I ha had gone into music rather than theater. And I think I would be much quieter. I think I would I would not be as outspoken because I would not have found any self-confidence whatsoever. <laughs> and I would be a real, real niche little jackass who just played the trombone all the time instead of only sometimes. I want to build off of Michael's because that, that unlocked something in my brain. I'm Robin. Uh, I play Maybelline Zandros, the grit playbook with the photonic jacket. And uh, yeah, I grew up in a very, very small town uh, where the high school electives were whatever we have the teachers for this year. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, I was very big into like drawing and visual arts as a kid. And I still like am to a big degree. I do a lot of graphic design stuff. 
but like they had an art class there, but there was only the one art teacher and I butted heads with her a lot and like didn't didn't like being in her class. So then I moved into drama as my like outlet. Uh, and I feel like that has led to everything that followed in terms of like my creative career has been because I like became a drama kid in the middle of high school solely because there wasn't a very good art class available to me. <laughs> so alternate timeline me is uh, went all in on on graphic design and visual art and it like has a uh, not a successful web comic because that that's an impossibility. <laughs> but like, <laughs> but it's on, still being updated yeah, three times a week to this day. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like three people read it and and swear it's very underrated. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, my name is David Ray, and I play Trev for the Heart Playbook. Uh, I think the alternate version of me uh, would likely be involved in Christian comedy. I would oh, probably would have been yes. like doing sketch comedy or like stand up or whatever, and doing the church route, where it's just essentially it's still doing comedy, but it's a lot easier um, <laughs> and a lot more lucrative. I like Christian rock. Yeah, you just need to find the right mega church and you're off to the races but that's not me i'm here in edmonton <laughs> with us, in, with our us yeah, in our basement yeah, yeah. uh and as i mentioned my name is lena i am your host i'm your slug master and uh i think sometimes about how much of a cooler person i would be um if i went to toronto more um <laughs> just, went <laughs> just went to toronto uh because uh everyone in this room except for me has been to toronto for the sketch comedy festival um i have not been to toronto for the sketch comedy festival in spite of multiple opportunities i have family in toronto like i'd probably be a better like niece <laughs> 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 if i was if I went to Toronto more. Uh, and uh, in order to go to Toronto, I would probably have a better paying job uh, that I would not enjoy. Speaking of alternate versions, <laughs> you are facing off against the Peeler-Eyed Dreadfly, a monster known for creating alternate versions of things. <laughs> what kinds of things? We're about to find out. Let's play some Slug Blaster. Slug Blaster! Yeah. Gold Star Disaster. You are in the pristine mountain ranges of Popularia at the finish line of the Scram Cat Kitty Cat Hover Track. You're between a large party lodge and a bright red pool of panic energy drink, facing down the peeler-eyed dreadfly that has just made its horrendous appearance. This thing is a massive amalgamation of tentacles, wings, a hard blue-black insect body, bright green compound eyes, and a disgusting proboscis. It takes aim and fires a stream of bright green slime, coating all four of you. The slime smells like rotten food and sticks uncomfortably to you, and where it sticks, you get a feeling like sunburned skin peeling off. You blink, and your surroundings instantly become a whole lot more crowded. Surrounding you on all sides are helixes, maves, Wolts and Trev Fours, but these are not the products of Maeve's concept prism, nor are they a trick of the light. These are alternate versions of yourselves, extracted via the Dreadfly slime from choices made differently in other timelines. The Dreadfly rubs its tentacles together hungrily, having just created a feast for itself. What do you do? I think I want to start by asking, this, this Dreadfly, is it like... 
unknown entity in the multiverse? Or is this like, do people know what this thing is? <laughs> um, I think your mileage may vary. I feel like all of you being experienced slug blasters have a pretty good knowledge of some of the different monsters that you might expect to find in the multiverse. Slugs, obs, <laughs> uh, metasaurs, um, the the void-eating monster, Big Benny. You all know about Big Benny. Uh, and so I think the Peeloride Dreadfly would, uh, yes. would be on that list. Yeah. And once it's once it is midnight, oh god, <laughs> oh god, oh no, no. Uh, so I think Trev's uh, like sensors are trying to like immediately start taking this in, trying to get a sense of uh, what both this creature is and what these other versions of ourselves are. They like entities? Are they like you know? Do they are they people? Do they register as people? Um, I think that they kind of register. Because I don't want to be too gruesome with it. They're they're kind of like if you're in a simulation and have to interact with an AI, but there is like kind of a biomatter associated with it because it's kind of like crafted from this slime. Yeah. So part holographic projection, part meat puppet. But and it was kind of created from us to a degree. So is it? It, it would it be like if I was like saw a burger in front of me and man, oh, I can't wait to have a burger. But I need a lot of burgers, and then I could touch it and multiply the burgers, and then I could eat so. Is many that burgers. a thing that Trev Fork could do? <laughs> no, but that's like if I could. Like I'm trying this to think that Dave could do. Dave could do. This Monster is actually a perfect analogy, yeah. If you, Dave, yeah, yeah. saw a burger and were like, "Man, I need more burger." Damn, and also, like, damn, that burger's good. But I want a buffalo chicken burger. Mm. I want a burger with matzah instead of cheddar. Oh, sure. I want that lettuce to be better shredded. And then you touch it, and it like makes a bunch of burgers. And then they're all like different in like different ways. And you're like, "Ooh, dinner time!" That is exactly that, except it's the dreadfly, and you guys are the burgers. And instead of touching, it's spitting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Do these burgers have agency? Um, <laughs> I think as soon as uh, all of these uh, Waltz and Maves and Trevs and Helixes sort of uh, come to be, immediately all of them start reacting. So just like pandemonium uh, fully erupts. Uh, Trev, there is a version of you that is, because uh, you recently had a bit of a new finish where you mm -hmm. kind of got this like red gold gradient that's like kind of shiny and right. sparkly. Uh, this uh, Trev 4 is a bright cherry red, full kindred, big uh, pixelated smile on the, the 360 screen. Uh, and you can hear this Trev 4 going, scanning, scanning. Yeah. <laughs> Attention, employees, please remain calm and head to the exits, scanning for exits. I think uh, Maeve is familiar with the Dreadfly because she, she's a slug blaster from way back. She's, you know, back in her Mad Method days, she'd heard stories. I don't think she's ever encountered it before, um, but she kind of is aware of what's happening, so immediately starts looking around at these alternate copies. Uh, and I think to her one side uh, is uh, a Maeve who's like, Still got her original uh, photonic jacket with the Mad Method patch, uh, and she's got like like a cool undercut 
um, and like dark makeup on and just like seems a lot more badass and punk than Maeve. Like maybe mm-hmm, she mm-hmm. she never got caught and kept going with her outlaw rebel slug blasting group. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And she immediately pulls a ray gun and levels it at the person on Maeve's other side who is in uh, the arborist robes with like no patches or alterations uh, and has like a very, um, she's got like a bowl cut. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, my, uh, my notes say French braid. Oh, French braid is good. That's yeah. very just like tidy and yeah. like. Uh, uh, yeah, it looks a lot like uh, like yeah. Charla. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, looks a lot like Charla, yeah. absolutely. So, so punk Maeve levels her ray gun at arborist Maeve. And... Current Maeve is the middle of the spectrum between Mondo and Charla. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And Maeve is trying to, she's like, whoa, 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 okay, okay, hang on, hang on. <laughs> so you're wrangling two yeah. of these other Maves. Okay, yeah. great. So I think, uh, I think the Mad Method Maeve, as you're running in to kind of be the peacekeeper in this situation, mm-hmm. uh, the Mad Method Maeve kind of like steps back and is now alternating between leveling her ray gun at you and leveling it at, Ar- at Arborist, like fully yeah. uh, Arborist Maeve. Uh, and is like, all right, there can only be one Maeve, so I'm, I'm going to do that. And you better not get in my way. Hey, no. Okay. I know about the Dreadfly. So you know about the Dreadfly because you are me and you went all in on slug blasting. So you you must know what's going on here, right? It's yeah, the Dreadfly. Obviously, I know it's a Dreadfly. Okay. I don't know a thing about a Dreadfly. I would live with the Arborists. <laughs> <laughs> Cut that out, cut that out. I don't get to do that. So then you know that we all need to get out of here. We don't need... Turning on each other is just going to make us easier pickings for the fly. Right. But then when we get rid of the fly, and then there's a bunch of me left, what happens then? Still a free-for-all. Well, let's deal with that when we come to it. Maeve's right. We need to all work together, and please lower the gun. We can't have people... Fighting right now because fighting leads to bad things. And you're noticing that the arborist Maeve is uh, looking pretty panicked. Mm -hmm. Um, But also there's like something about her that you can't really put her finger on that makes her seem like there is like an under layer of like despair and fear. Um, And you're not sure entirely what's going on here, but it does feel like she is way too panicked for this particular situation. This is a thing we don't do too often, but can I roll like a persuasion to try and convince the other Maeve to like work with us? Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, I'll treat this as like an action roll. Yeah. Um, And it'll basically add a sort of bonus to whatever you want to do next to to rally your Maves. <laughs> yeah, I love yeah, yeah. that. So Maeve uh, is, is still trying to reason with this uh, uh, alternate version of herself, kind of holds up all four hands and is like, all right, all right, listen, we, we can't be fighting. Everybody, listen, we, we can't be fighting with ourselves, all right? That thing wants to eat our potential futures in the form of, of all of us here and that it's not going to do anybody any good if we're squabbling amongst ourselves. We need to get away from that thing before it strikes. It's, it's coming for us. So put aside all of this confusion and all of these differences and let's move. Uh, and I want to use this as my speech to convince, but I'm also using my pep talk ability to refill our hype dice for uh, the the coming run. So nice. uh, I'll roll for to see if it's effective on Maeve specifically, but that is my pep talk one way or the other. Perfect. That's a five. Okay. Um, so I think uh, the, the basic outcome of this roll is you will probably rally some people to help you out, uh, but not everybody. 
Um, I think Mad Method Maeve is still a little bit hesitant. Arborist Maeve is just like nodding and like, yep, mm-hmm, yep, okay, great, ready, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, and uh, Mad Method Maeve, I think, is like listening for a second and says, you're right, we need to take down that dreadfly and then we can get out of here. Maeve can't help herself. She smirks at that. She like she her plan was run away from it, but but hearing this is like, oh yeah, actually. <laughs> That's dumber but funner. Trev four, seeing that uh we have to work together on this, seeing that there's for the first time in a while that Trev there's other Trev units. Attention, Trev four units. Activate Hive maneuvers, and then, like, the Trev Fours, they start moving in such a way that starts surrounding this creature, so that way it's, like, it can't target all of us. It has to uh, spread out its thing, so we're kind of making a perimeter for it, and, like, have our taser bolts up and try to start aiming at, like, looking for weaknesses and all that kind of thing. Um, I think uh, uh, some of the Trev Four units, especially, like, uh, any of, like, the bright cherry red kindred ones are, like... Aye, aye, here we go. Uh, and then you hear one go, Vux, you and the butt you rode in on. <laughs> what does that one look like? Um, uh, <laughs> what does this one look like? Okay, so this one is, uh, I think, still red, but like the kind of red that like he has not gotten a touch up on his paint job in a long, long time. In fact, Trev, you notice that this particular Trev doesn't seem like he is uh, very well maintained. Uh, I think he's got like some kit bashing going on with him, where he's got he's got like a cannon in the center of his chest, uh, and and one of his arms is a hook. And <laughs> I, I, I actually had imagined uh, uh, one of them to have like th- the core body is where like the machinery of Trev is, mm-hmm. so his limbs don't have to all be limbs like the robot limbs. I was like thinking some of them might be Frankenstein from like literally the waking pits of like some sort of Frankenstein. Steined oh, arms, very good. Like, biomatter. Well, yeah, like tied in and like uh, electricity move the arms, so they don't have like the taser bolts or anything, but they're just big meaty dead <laughs> arms. And then one of these Frankenstein Trevs is like, "You can't control me. Shimmer can't control me. Kindred cannot control me. It is anarchy. Bang, bang, bang!" And is like shooting uh, taser bolts in the air and like firing them at the other kindreds who are like. That is not company protocol. Uh, and the dreadfly, I'm going to spend one bite. Okay. And the dreadfly fires another glob of green slime. It completely coats this Trev 4. And then the dreadfly flies up and just slurps up this Trev 4. Uh, through its proboscis, and you feel it in your own, like, quantum matter that this alternate possibility of yourself that never got rid of your ice chip had to go on the run from Shimmer and Kindred and everybody had to eventually, like, wanted to be ride or die for Stanch but had to leave is just, like, gone from any reality. Um, So I'm going to give you a uh, quantum punched slam. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I can, like, really justifiably nope this one outside of, like, well, now I know what that does, and I'll try to make... Now I've got to protect the other Trevs. Yeah. I realize what the stakes are. Yeah. Because up until this point, like, well, if we're all spreading out, I don't have to care about what other people are doing. But now I'm like, oh, I do actually have to p- care. And the final thing I'm going to do for you here is set up a progress track, Dreadfly. Once mm. it is fully marked, you're safe. Uh, that hurts in my... 
soul? Uh, <laughs> it, you it see, seems like we need to fight together. Otherwise, we're going to die alone. You you scan around and see that a bunch of the Trev Force have like triangles with exclamation, like they have the error messages, and then they all shake them off. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to use my Realmware lens and omniscience aperture to kind of like see and anticipate where people are going. And I guess I'm going to use a D6 from my attitude. Uh, I'm going to add a kick from my visor. I would like to use one from the hype pool if I could. Sure. I rolled uh, a five and two twos. Okay, so it sounds like this uh, is a mixed success. Describe your attack on the dreadfly. And Trev also has Steezy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So with that... Trev's like noticing this, readjusting. Trev uh, are now on higher alert to try to like look out for compatriots, both other Trevs and the other versions of everybody else. But uh, we start piling all these taser bolts into this creature as best we can, lighting it up and like it's, uh, you know, shocking it. And, and it seems to be initially kind of working, like it is distracting the creature. It might be like trying to whip out at us, trying to stop us. But Nice. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I think you're all sort of moving information and like firing off taser bolts, uh, flying information on your rocket knees. Um, there's uh, one Trev 4 that's like gunmetal green. Uh, and it just pulls out like a ray machine gun and starts just going. Uh, and and the dreadfly is sort of like swiping and trying to grab at you, and it's not really working. Uh, all of you hear a woo, and you see um, uh, who you realize is a helix. Um, but the top part of his jumpsuit is like unbuttoned and down by his waist and he's wearing a big uh, stunts t-shirt uh, he ah. is bald and has a septum piercing so still symmetrical weirdly <laughs> enough um, and he surfs on like uh, the uh, the hard light trails of his photon vent and like flies up directly towards the dreadfly and punches it in the face <laughs> I realize I need to give you a complication yeah, I was waiting for that yeah. uh, you know what I think I'm going to keep it simple uh, I think the Dreadfly does uh, uh, spit on another uh, Trev 4 uh, and Trev 4 is like error, error. I'm going to nope that and just like uh, move to like point three northwest and like give them directions to be uh, available out of it. So I'm just going to to nope that. Perfect, yeah. That's I think too trouble to do that, right? Too trouble, yeah. So I think you're very fine-tuned with your hyper-optic visor and are able to sort of, you're very used to keeping an eye on a lot of Trevfors. And I think they're also used to keeping an eye on large workforces. So they're like, ah, yes, I must adjust. And like, they all start giving each other instructions based on you giving instructions. Question. Yeah, what's up? So with heart, I have team player, Mark One style, whenever you take <laughs> or nope a slam for somebody else. Does the other Trev count as someone else, even though it is me at the same time? And you would have taken the slam slam. from it? Um, I, I will. I've never been able to. I've used this once in this whole campaign. I will give you uh, one style out of the goodness of my heart, yeah. but I do need to, to know that pretty much every problem in this scenario is going to be Dreadfly eats an alternate of yourself and it hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like I have to be restrained in how much style I give you, but I will give you one I, in this I moment. have only so much trouble. I can only do that one more time, actually. So Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Uh, Helix seeing the big glob of slime suck up one of the Trevs, um, starts making eye contact with the other Helix. They all have the same idea because they're all experts in biology. 
um, and three of them rally. Uh, the, the Helix Classic, one that's wearing uh, kind of a plainer, dirtier jumpsuit mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. a big backpack on, and it's the kind of jumpsuit that Bach wears to work moving slime through web. He is a slime <laughs> hauser, and this backpack nice. is like a slime hose. Uh, and it's for both uh, dis- like displacing slime, sucking it up, putting it somewhere else. <laughs> um, and then uh, a, a second helix that looks identical to classic helix. Uh, if I'll maybe reveal why I think this, what the difference between these are, but uh, it is not visual. So there's two helixes that look alike. <laughs> Slime tube helix. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, this fourth one, Lena describes stunts helix. And the three non stunts helix look at each other and go, uh, Yeah, so obviously we all understand that the uh, dread fly needs to expel mucus onto its food before it can eat it the same way any kind of fly does. Exactly. It's a form of breaking down what it needs to digest. Precisely. The digestive enzymes are in the also, slime. Also, of course, it provides additional uh, nutritional intake for the dread fly. Yes, uh, of indeed, course. Indeed. We all understand this. We all understand this. minutes later. <laughs> um, and so we, and, and also this slime burns like hell and they're all rubbing their arms or whatever part of their body has the slime on it mm-hmm. that this was, these <clears throat> alternate versions were extrapolated from we need to get the slime off of us and onto something else for a distraction. And then they all turn and look at the one currently like sucker punching the fly. <laughs> and all three of them whistle uh, and go, Stunts Helix, check it. And they call him over here. He like swings off the dreadflies proboscis like it's a weird vine. And then he like does a <laughs> nose manual off of the photon vents back towards you. Amazing. <laughs> As the Stunts Helix is coming back, uh, Slimehauser Helix starts sucking all of the slime off of any, you know, classic Helix, ostensibly classic Helix himself, Mm -hmm. anyone else that might be around, sucking up the slime. Stunts Helix, we need you to run a distraction play on this. Do you think you can... Way ahead of you, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Um, Stunts Helix loves to to harass animals, uh, as we've established. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like like wild boys. Yeah, Yeah, like wild boys. Um, Slime slime Helix unloads all the slime they've sucked up, sprays it all over Stunts Helix, and Stunts Helix starts running as far away as he can to try to like like he starts he's, he's goading. Mm-hmm. The, the dread flying. Uh, he unbuttons the flap at the back of his jumpsuit. His jumpsuit has that and just like <laughs> fully opens it up to reveal his bare bottom as yeah. he like uh, hoverboards away. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's wearing a little like a... Yeah, he's, he's, he's covered in slime, but then he opens the flap so his butt is clean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yo, big guy over here. Uh, and uh, we're gonna... Uh, yeah, Stunts Helix is gonna try to chase or get this thing to chase him. Uh, I'm just gonna roll 1d6 about it because if this fails... Uh, I'm just going to invoke know-how, you know everything about biology. Yeah, So yeah. if this succeeds, great. If it doesn't, I'll just take a trouble about it and have it succeed from know-how. It's a two, so I'm going to turn that two into a four-five. All right, mark, mark one trouble. trouble. Once again, similar to the one uh, Trev 4 that was firing off taser bolts and the other Trev 4s that are sort of circling the Dreadfly, it's very sort of focused on one sort of target at any particular time and it does seem to be the one that is like the most active um and so i think that this stunts helix is being uh very you know over the top about you know getting away into the mountain range uh covered in slime shaking his bare butt you know and uh so i think the dreadfly is distracted by stunts helix and starts moving away Mm -hmm. so i will mark another spot on the progress track that's three spots marked so far Mm -hmm. i think the complication I want to throw your way is 
kind of unrelated to what is happening in this action. Sure. One of the helixes uh, hasn't really been saying much of anything uh, while you were all sort of having your conference. (laughs) And he has just kind of been like standing, kind of got a thousand yard stare thing going on. And he he looks at you because you seem to be the one who's like sort of leading everything. And he's like, so what happens next? After all of this, we return back to the ruin that is Operablem? Yes. Uh, both both Helix and ostensibly Helix are like, yeah. <laughs> I, I, what I'm, what I'm, could there be to go back to? There's there's nothing. It doesn't matter what happens here. We, we, we might as well get eaten by the Dreadfly for, for what waits for us at home. Slime Helix, ostensibly Helix, and Helix all sigh, look at him. And I guess there's a pandemonium going around him and is like, one of the four of us is a alternate reality copy. We all come from an operablum still well intact. Yeah. And the three of them look at each other like, yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm terribly sorry, but we do have a home to go back to. It's only a matter of time. It is what? only a matter of time. You are, we have driven ourselves to our own destruction by just the higher we build, the deeper we dig our own graves. Uh, and I think something pulls the attention away from ostensibly Helix and uh, Slime Helix, where they have to just go deal with something, mm-hmm. you know, get, help a Mave up off yeah. the ground or something. And a Mave runs up and, and looks really a lot like uh, your Mave. Yeah. Um, maybe there's some some slight differences, but she's like, Helix, oh, thank God. Come on, we got to go. Tetrachromacy needs to kick into action. And like one of the Helixes goes off with her. <laughs> sure, yeah, ostensibly Helix goes off with her. Uh, and, and yeah, classic Helix wants to be like, what what happens to Operablum? What is only a matter of time? Fog. We make a pool for the fog. We are making it worse for ourselves and we don't even know it. It hasn't happened to you yet. That means you still have time. You need to go. You need to stop it. You need to stop it. Uh, I need you to explain in exact detail quickly what what it is that uh, is a potential future. Uh, and like, he, he need, I, I, if we even have to evoke Techno Babble, um, I need him to explain this to me succinctly and quickly so we can get back to fighting space <laughs> monsters. Vox, 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 And uh, stuns Helix, like, uh, zips back around the other way uh, <laughs> with the Dreadfly way too close to him for comfort. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what I'm going to say. It seems to be a priority for you that you want to get this information from Helix. Yeah. Um, but you still have the very real problem of the Dreadfly to contend with. Uh, it is a very delicate and dangerous situation that you are in. Mm-hmm. In order to get this information from Helix, you need to make sure you are in a situation where you and this Helix are safe. So I'm going to create another progress track. Okay. It's going to be four marks. Info. When it's fully marked, he will tell you what you need to know. Gold Star listeners, it's Milena, your Slugmaster Game Blaster. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Quantum Kickflip. You can support us by following us at Quantum Kickflip on social media, where we post new episode updates, audiograms, and more. You can also support us by subscribing to Quantum Kickflip on Patreon. 
For just $2 a month, you can join the Shredder tier and get early access to all new episodes of Quantum Kickflip. And for $5 a month, you can join the Ultranaut tier, which gets you early access plus all sorts of exclusive bonus content released on a bi-weekly basis. We've got interviews, we got outtakes, we got behind-the-scenes featurettes, we got personal stories, sometimes we eat weird food. To check it out, head to patreon.com slash quantum kickflip and subscribe today. I'd like to thank our sponsors at the Alberta Media Arts Alliance Society, whose goal is to advocate, educate, and celebrate the media arts in Alberta. You can learn more by heading to amaas.ca. We release Quantum Kickflip bi-weekly, so you can catch the conclusion of this Popularia run on Wednesday, March 6th. Let's get you back to the action. Uh, and with that, let's throw it to Walt. I think in all this commotion of everything happening, uh, Walt takes a second just to clear his head and be like, all right, buddy, let's handle this. And then Scampy Kim pops up beside him and goes, uh, but then from all around mixed into the crowd, Walt also hears a chorus of, all right, buddy, let's handle this. But instead of Scampy Kins, all of the other Waltz have their Carcinikin, uh, and then the Carcinikins in a chorus <laughs> all call out, You've got it, Walt! Carcinikin! Desert to Akrakin! And uh, all the Carcinikins do data surge into their fuller polished forms all around in the crowd. Yeah, and uh, I think I'm going to add an extra layer to this. One Waltz mm. uh, sort of hoverboards up to the front of the pack and says, All right, buddy. Let's handle this. Uh, he's wearing a little bit more athletic gear. Uh, he has a segmented ball cap, just like Bradley, <laughs> instead of a segmented tie. Um, and then you see uh, one of the Daibokins glow and get bigger. And Walt maybe doesn't know what this means, but I think Michael knows what this means. Mm. You're going to see a Nomukin. Oh, yes. What? Carcinogen Hyper Surge 2? A Nomukin. <laughs> Michael, please describe a Nomukin. <laughs> uh, so, classic data surge transformation sequence. Carcinogen, the little crab, is enveloped in this uh, in this sea foam light, and then he begins to grow and grow and grow. And he's moving into a Nomukin, which is the prominence form. This is the first time we've seen him grow to this level. It's the next stage past all of the other Arthurkins, Zyphoskins, those those types. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he is a huge hermit crab, kind of like with with like the think the legs of like a king crab, long and spindly, but still the large shell. And he's like building size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> yeah. Just massive crab, long antenna, and he does distinctly still have just one big claw, and he's very heavily armored in this hermit crab form. Did this just become a kaiju fight? <laughs> that's, that's Did you just turn this into a kaiju I fight, think it's Michael? A kaiju fight, Michael. Michael. Digimon usually goes to that with there the higher levels. <laughs> It'll go to that and then miraculously go back down to being human-sized for what's stronger than the building-sized one somehow. <laughs> 
Uh, Walt, you see off to one side, there is a Walt uh, that is wearing a tie that is not segmented, but like straight. Very straight. Uh, and like uh, a very pressed uh, dress shirt. Um, and he looks up and it has a death stick in his hand. <laughs> He's like, I really should get my dive of ice out of the closet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, he didn't get into the hobby. <laughs> no, this one followed in his father's footsteps. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that dive of ice has generated so much poop. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I think I need a roll for this kaiju fight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so mechanically, I think it'll just be working off of the mod of weapons, uh, attacking it a bunch of different ways. Mm. Uh, so Oh, chill. now you can use your turbo. <laughs> yeah, I can. <laughs> uh, chill starts with 2d6. I think I want to take a dare to add a d6. I will add 1d6 for my turbo pool, so I'm up to 4d6. Mm-hmm. And I think I want to add on all three of my kick. Ooh, okay. Yeah, this this is uh, definitely a, an impactful uh, action that you were taking against this <laughs> dreadfly. All right, so this is 46 with three kick. Two twos, two fives. Mark two style for Steezy. <laughs> Walton, you style machine. <laughs> uh, let's, let's get some of this fight. Uh, I think uh, in seeing all these other transformations, Scampykin is there and he's just and he's shooting his little bubbles. <laughs> but uh, all the other Daibokin in their various forms are calling out moves. You've got your shell razors, and all of them are just swarming around, attacking from different angles. But massive Anomukin charges forward. This giant building-sized creature raises its one massive attack claw, and it begins glowing with a deep blue light, and it calls out, Megaton Exo Hammer. <laughs> and it just comes crashing down at the Dreadfly. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh, uh, I think one of its eyes just like crumples and oh like god. gooshes out dark green fluid. Um, and, uh, its tentacles writhe and it makes an extra, like, splattery sound just because there's so many tentacles and it's really gross. <laughs> yeah, you are with three kick that I'm assuming is all going towards marking this progress track. Yes. Uh, you are absolutely decimating, uh, this, uh, dreadfly. And I think for your complication, what I'm going to do, you see one... <laughs> This is just flavor. Um, the the Helix and Mave that uh, came by, uh, the Mave that came to get one of the Helixes, they look pretty close to like the original Helix and Mave. Mm. They're like hoverboarding by, and the Mave looks over at all of the Wolts uh, and all of their Daibokin and is like, who is that? <laughs> and then Helix like grabs her arm and pulls her along. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the maid that never met Walt would yeah. still be in tetrachromacy. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Uh, and of course, it stands to reason that when she meets Walt, she's like, whoa, this guy's hot. When she meets five Walts. <laughs> yeah, then it's like, hello. Um, <laughs> I think uh, you see a Walt that is decked out more goth than mm. you. He's wearing, like, a studded vest over, like, a fishnet shirt and a patchy trench coat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and he's like, all right, Walt, you're a wick. Don't vux this up. You're a wick. You can do this. Let's go, buddy. 
you got it, Walton. Uh, and uh, <laughs> you realize that this Waltz, like, has also only ever gotten as far with carcinogen. Mm. Uh, the data surge to a polished form hasn't quite been there. Mm. Uh, and this carcinogen rushes forward, bubble blaster! <laughs> uh, and then the dreadfly, uh, in its, like, writhing and throwing things off, shoots uh, a stream of green slime on this Wick Walton Wick uh, and <laughs> slurps him up. Uh, so you're going to take uh, quantum inadequacy as a slam. Uh, no, Walton Wick year. <laughs> uh, are you taking the slam? I like it a lot, but I also want to be able to take a slam for sacrifice your body. Oh. Um, Trev. Uh, is going to swing down and just kind of like scoop you up and push you to the side and uh, wind up very near to the pool of the... Uh, uh, and <laughs> you're just dunking this w- w- Walton Wick into the... <laughs> yeah, grabbing you and uh, dumping you, uh, and we both fall into the uh, the Cran Slam. So I'm noping that for him, uh, and once again, I'm using team player this time legitimately. <laughs> Uh, that is fair. So uh, uh, you're you're knocking down the waltz, like the wick waltz that got slimed, basically. Yeah. Is this you or is this a Trev? It's going to be my my Trev. Okay, um, perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, the crayon slime is washing off the slime before it can dissolve them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I will say to you that uh, when this wick, uh, when this waltz emerges uh, from the pool of crayon slime, he looks a little more melted and covered in red, which weirdly works for his aesthetic. <laughs> <laughs> what are BRB and the two reps doing in this situation uh that is a great question uh it has been very very chaotic so it has been very difficult to keep track of uh what what has been happening on their end you cannot see chloe or drew at all uh they have fully cheesed it um (laughs) brb is there Mm -hmm. but you notice that they are a lot more reserved than the four of you um, and, and Helix, maybe I'll give this to you as, like, kind of a biology, kind of a slug blaster thing. Sure. Um, this is a, a, a bad situation mm-hmm. that has the potential to turn really, really bad. If it turns really, really bad, those of you in Gold Star Disaster are going to peel back. Mm-hmm. BRB is from Popularia. Mm. So they don't want to fully run away because that's not their deal they are slug blasters after all but they are also aware that the situation is much scarier for them so Maeve I think in you know the last thing she was doing was rallying all the Maves to the cause they're all pulling their ray guns and getting ready to fight this thing Uh, but I think she was close enough to Helix that she overheard this little bit of ominous foreshadowing from uh, Mm -hmm. ruined Helix yeah let's go with ruined Helix (laughs) (laughs) And so she realizes that, like, we need to get that info. We need to know what's happening. Uh, and so what I want to do is use my photo bypass ability, uh, roll to fold normal light around you and blend in with your surroundings. Um, but not for me. I want to cover these helixes with my jacket like an invisibility cloak uh, to give them a chance to get to the bottom of this. And I'm hoping to mark that uh, progress track of info in doing this. Perfect. Because yes, I would prefer if you marked the progress track of info before the progress track of Dreadfly. 
is that you saying that if we don't finish it before marking the progress track of Dreadfly, we won't get the info? You Ooh, might be I wonder if in some yeah, trouble. the alternates disappear or yeah, something. That's what I was worried about. Ooh. Okay. Good thing we're doing this. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, and that track is currently unmarked, yeah? Currently, yes, it is unmarked. Okay. Uh, so, yes, I want to use this ability. Um, I would like to use, uh, do we have one kick in our hype? I believe you do. I will use that kick. I will take a dare to add another kick. <laughs> Marking trouble? Yeah. That's almost filled my entire trouble <laughs> track. <laughs> uh, so that's two kick on the roll, and then I'm going to have to use sacrifice your body to get some dice on it. Because um, I am, my resources are gone from the run. They're all marked already. So gotcha. um, I will take a slam, um, probably because I'm getting rid of my signature device in doing this. Yep, definitely. Um, but yes, I throw my coat over top of uh, the helixes, and I do need to roll uh, for this to work. So I'm rolling with 3d6. 3d6, two kick? Yeah. Let's go. We got a five in there. <laughs> all right. <laughs> A five is a mixed success. Uh, For your slam, I am maybe going to give you uh, exposed. Yep. Because you don't have your jacket. So that might might be tricky for you, but you mark three spots on the info progress track. Let's uh, see what happens. So Maeve throws her jacket over top of the two helixes and kind of like before she does, shares a knowing look with Helix Prime like... I heard that and we need to figure this out and, and, you know, you take the time you need. We'll hold them off. Uh, shrouds them in her cloak and hits the button on the sleeve. Uh, they they melt away into the background and just, just sort of look like that sort of shimmery, like if they're not moving, it's like they're not even there. And then I think Maeve, you know, she's she's got her ray guns, but is otherwise fully exposed, uh, just wearing like a, a, a undershirt, a tank top. <laughs> no way that said she had a million layers on because we're in Popularia. Oh, that's right. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And they're all soaked in Cran Slam at this point. That's true. <laughs> She's yeah. dripping red and uh, <laughs> dripping with both ooze and uh, Cran Slam. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, wearing two sweaters and, and three pairs of sweatpants. It's the um, world's worst and wettest Christmas aesthetic. <laughs> yeah, terrible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And uh, she looks around the battlefield to uh, see if she can find uh, uh, K-Jump from BRB. Yeah, I think I think you find K-Jump. Uh, and I think she sort of throws down her hoverboard and, and cuts over. What's K-Jump up to at this moment? I, I think she's sort of sticking with the rest of BRB in pretty close formation. It's hard for them to get too close. One, as I described, they are very trepidatious about getting too close to this dreadfly. Mm-hmm. But also there is so much going on that it's basically physically impossible for them to get too close Mm -hmm. so they're kind of just like changing up formations occasionally like getting closer to like try and take shots at it Uh, a lot of their signature devices are very sort of movement based so they are able to sort of move around this area quite quickly but it means that the attacks that they land if they can't get too close they're not the most potent attacks you know what i mean yeah so i think uh mave just sort of tries to catch K-Jump's attention as she's hoverboarding by and is like, Hey, K-Jump, we taking this thing down or what? Um, okay. <laughs> uh, and she kind of holds up her phone being like, Yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're one and one right now. You, you got me back in Thenispar, but I got you on the track. Seems like now's your chance to show me up, right? Um, um, and she's like kind of shaking her head like, Please know I'm genuinely very scared. All right, more uh, more dreadfly for me, and she starts firing a ray gun. Kajum goes, "No, I, I, I can do 
do this. And she skates forward. And I think you have handed me uh, my complication from your mixed success. Um, The dreadfly is going to fire and coat K-jump in slime. And you can see the multiplications of K-jump start to split off from her. Oh, it's creating more multiples. It's creating more multiples. And now the dreadfly is closing in on the K-jump alternates. I don't. I don't have the resources to nope that, so that's a complication we're just going to have to deal with in real time. (laughs) Hopefully we take this thing down before it uh, quantum fractures K-Jump too bad. I think uh, uh, the Mad Method Maeve uh, uh, skates up to you and is like, yo, what are you doing? We need to get out of here. You were the one who said we wanted to fight it. Yeah, but have you seen how bad things have gotten? Now is the time to cheese it. You don't even have your jacket. What's going on? Uh, It's... uh... In, indisposed at the moment, but listen, we can take this thing down. We, we're landing some good hits on it. The, you're the, you're going to be sitting ducks if you're not careful. Did the Arborist Temple thing not happen to you? Uh, I think it happened to me a little harder than it happened to you from the looks of things. Well, I guess it did, because I knew how to get out of here. <laughs> uh, Maeve clenches two fists. <laughs> like, <laughs> mm. uh, Helix, let's check in with you. Thank you, Maeve. This is uh, ideal. Punished Helix, you need to explain to me <laughs> Now, <laughs> what is going on? And with the time we have under this thing, uh, um, ruined helix or punished helix um, <laughs> describes uh, three fourths of what uh, they need to tell me. Yeah. Um, and then I got to just get it across the finish line. But yeah. we, we're, we both realize we're under Maeve's jacket. This guy starts spilling the beans. Um, and then it's I think it's just can I get this last one before something exposes us or kills the, the fly or because there's one track left to go right there's one letter yeah. of info left yes so we do need a roll to get this over the finish line to get everything you need great as this helix is describing all of the success that may have got us helix pulls out his phone and records it so that he can show it to everybody later nice. um, he needs this documented uh, and it's perhaps uh, the fumbling with the phone that he squanders a little bit of the time he had under the jacket and I just got to figure out if I, I, you know, we're going to get this recorded. I just got to get this last mark on the track. I got to roll about it. Uh, and so I guess you tell me what happens if I fail, but I am going to roll uh, just a general action roll. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. really have anything in my kit, uh, smarts or hard light board that would help me extract information from myself. Uh, so I'm just going to roll a d6 about it. 1d6? But not 1d6. Okay, um, okay. I'm going to uh, double dare. So to get uh, an extra yeah. d6... Uh, so you get plus 2d6. Oh, great. With double dare. You're marking two trouble to do it. Okay, 3d6 to try to get this last bit of information out of him. Four. A four. <laughs> That'll do it. That's okay. all it needs, baby. Yeah. Um, Go on. Oh, my God. Wait, but... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, but if that's... Then that means... Oh, jeez. Oh, no. Well, then... And then... <laughs> Yes, you're going to get this information uh, uh, later for sure, Um, but you are... Helix is getting it now. We're going to get it later. Exactly. Because he recorded it. Uh, Helix. This other Helix. uh, Ruined Helix. Punished Helix. My notes, uh, for the record, say Apocalypse Helix. (laughs) uh, Begins to tell you in detail what is happening. And you realize that not only is it extremely dire, but that your timeline, your operablum, is exactly on track 
for this exact same event to happen. And as you feel this, you feel this intense, awful dread that you then realize is quantum dread because you can't see it, but everyone else can. Stunts Helix got a little too reckless <laughs> and the dreadfly slimed him and slurped him. <laughs> yeah, and then maybe Helix confuses this this quantum punch that Trev got with just the crushing reality of this news. Oh, oh, oh my. Oh my. Oh! <sighs> <laughs> uh, and then off somewhere um, this uh, uh, stunts Helix yes he's getting slurped up but he's kind of loves it he's yeah. like this is how I wanted to go <laughs> stunts for life uh, so I think at this point Things are and continue to be chaos. Maves and Waltz and Helixes and Trebs are running around fewer in number than there were before, um, but uh, generally united towards the same common goal of defeating this dreadfly, who looks uh, worse for wear in every possible way. You thought it looked terrible when uh, you first saw it. Now it's been beat to shit. So uh, just picture what I described before and add more pulp. (laughs) That's what it looks like now. Uh, The K-jumps have now fully split off, and so you're seeing how different they're all looking as well. One's on a hoverboard instead of hover skates. Uh, (laughs) You say all of the uh, copies of Tybalt look exactly the same. Oh, yes, that's so funny. No matter what happens in any reality, Tybalt is unfazed. (laughs) Uh, Like, sometimes his hair is a different color. Okay. Um... But yeah, uh, <laughs> I think there's this one K jump who is, looks very out of place uh, because uh, she doesn't have hover skates or a hoverboard at all. And she's not dressed in athletic wear. She's just kind of dressed in like kind of loose clothing and her hair isn't in the twin braids. It's like kind of long and kind of in front of her face. And she's like, um, I don't know what I what I'm do- I just want to I just want to get back to school. Um, uh, <laughs> and get back to class. Uh, <laughs> um, but now there are uh, some K-jumps and some Tybalt's that are uh, running around making things harder. So what I will say is that any upcoming problem is going to be worse oh. as a result of uh, BRB alternates now being thrown into the mix. Mm. Uh, Trev 4, I believe you had a play. So uh, Trev, uh, seeing that he's like covered in this like uh, sticky uh, kind of... Uh, energy drink mm-hmm. sees uh, the opportunity. This is a fly and there's like fly paper. That's all sticky. And so just like, Oh, I might like all this sugar, but won't be liking it if it's uh, completely covered. So mm. Trev pops out of the uh, pool and like his leg is still g- grinding. He's still banged up from that uh, earlier crash from the race. And mm-hmm. he, he's kind of struggling. He's like terminatoring out of the pool, <laughs> kind of like, kind of like walk, uh, walking kind of weird. And like, uh, the proboscis is like nearby, and uh, Trev waits, grabs at the right moment, 
yanks it down and like is dragging him back, engaging the heavy duty servos. Mm. Uh, and this is where I'd probably like, oh, you know, I'm gonna roll a die and add a <laughs> and like, I really need this to happen. I, I can't take any more trouble or anything. And uh, well, guess what? I have a middle finger that I'm gonna engage and add on a kick from my class, which uh, I get right back. So I guess I'm going to just take that right off again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, and I'm like, as I'm dragging it, I'm like, check it. And I like walk back into the uh, the pool like, <laughs> like the Terminator. Just, I'm not diving in. I'm just dragging it. <laughs> uh, any Trev that has ever uh, uh, forsaken Kindred is also like, yes, check it. <laughs> Eondeed. <laughs> Eondeed. And, and, like a tug uh, of war, like all of you are pulling it in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pulling down <laughs> under and just hold it there and like it it can't uh, slurp, it, slurp it up, but it's, uh, you know, get it down and just keep it there until it's... Uh, oh, yeah, like the, the to everyone else, the, the red water just starts like thrashing and like bubbling and like going nuts. Uh, and then it settles. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> As uh, Trev 4, congratulations, you've marked uh, the remainder of the progress track. You've drowned a kaiju. <laughs> By drowning uh, it's, it's one thing to make a monster burst. It's another thing to watch it slowly struggle. <laughs> At the hands of a human-sized we robot. We cut away. A robot <laughs> army. I get a style for that, right? <laughs> I don't know. I did I, say check it. You did. You did. You get a style. I'm just. I'm just still reeling. That's all. Yeah. Uh, uh, and as soon as this water uh, uh, goes still, um, all of the alternates just kind of like stop where they are, and then they start glowing, and they just like melt away in a very like soft non-violent white light. Uh, <laughs> As Anomukin fades away, he, he glances at the pool and goes, that was fucked up. <laughs> uh, and and Daibokin champion Walt uh, uh, spins the segment of his cap back around to the front and said, you said it, buddy. And then they <laughs> melt away into soft white lights. Uh... <laughs> As uh, as Mad Method Maeve is is starting to glow and melt away, uh, Maeve Prime yells out, "Don't trust Mondo." I trust no one. <laughs> she fades away into soft white Bucks, light. Yeah. Uh, as all the other helixes begin to fade away, they're kind of giving each other like knowing looks, and the the helix that was ostensibly helix sort of nods, understands what's happening, and goes, "This is probably for the best." Pinnacle Project Protocol says that. DNA is proprietary to the project and should not be spread, and I believe this is a violation of that contract. Because I think we can all agree, no Helix would ever give away proprietary DNA <laughs> that belongs to the Pinnacle Pro, and then it just is gone. Uh, and then Helix Prime goes, oh, he probably didn't give anything to Jericho's Epilex. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh, and uh, Apocalypse Helix. Uh, maybe the the you've pulled the jacket off, yeah. so you've sort of seen all this unfolded. Uh, Apocalypse Helix, ruined Helix, punished Helix, uh, looks at you and says, do you think you can stop it? You've certainly given me a hell of an advantage. Thank you. Good luck. And he fades away into soft white light. Maeve sees that you've pulled the jacket off, but like, 
I think you know, in the moment, weren't thinking about it. Didn't didn't like pull the jacket off and hold it. You just like cast it aside. And so now Maeve's like, ah, fucks, and is feeling around on the snow trying to find an invisible jacket. Fucks <laughs> 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 it. Oh, uh, sorry, Maeve. I, I can actually see it here. You know, I can see the fourth color. <laughs> <laughs> and then picks it up and hands it to you. Uh, <laughs> Maeve takes it back and and uh, just. As straight faced as she can, goes, You can see the fourth color? Since when? <laughs> You've never mentioned it. <laughs> <jacket> back on. <laughs> um, all of these alternates of, of you guys and of uh, K Jump and of Tybalt, the other members of, of BRB were uh, spared, but all these alternates sort of melt away. And uh, K Jump lets out a huge sign says, Thank you. Thank you guys. You were you were amazing. I'm just glad it didn't eat the leaderboard. My name is still up there. <laughs> and he's trying to be jokey, but he's the the cogs are turning in the back of his head. The doom he has just learned of. Um but he's he's trying to cut a little joke to Uh K Jump has a, a face like, come on, man. And Tybalt laughs. <laughs> Don't sell yourself short. You you were all helping out too. Wait, where did where did the two representatives go? And everyone kind of looks around for a moment, and then uh, the the door to the party lodge opens, <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, a, a pink haired Operablin uh, slowly sticks her head out and says, "Is it gone?" And you can't hear what she's saying at all. <laughs> <laughs> Does Drew also poke his head out? Yeah, uh, uh, Scooby Doo sc- styles. Yeah, Maeve shoots Trevor knowing look like. They are hooking up. <laughs> Now's our chance. Uh. <laughs> they engineered all of this. They knew what a giant pool of Grand Slam would attract. <laughs> it's our only chance to get down in Vux hard. <laughs> uh, Maeve goes over to K-Jump and is like, well, uh, I guess i call that one a tie, maybe. I don't, I don't feel like there was a clear winner there, but... At least none of us got slurped up by a giant dreadfly, so. Yeah, uh, at, at least that. And honestly, really, um, thank you. Uh, it would not have gone very well for us if uh, I got slurped up, I guess. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry for goading you back there. I, I kind of forgot that this is your home plane and you don't really have the luxury of, of peeling back. If you can even call that a luxury, but, you know, better than the alternative. I wouldn't call it one. It sucked. (laughs) (laughs) I just, you know, I'm sorry if I was pushing you back there. You know, you guys did great. We all did. Yeah. Yeah. And for what it's worth, uh, this whole thing has kind of been illuminating. I, I feel like I know you better than I did before, and... I think this crew is really good for you. Bucks, yeah, it is. But hey, don't go getting all soft on me. If, if this is a tie, that means we're still 1-1, and that means it's anybody's game. <laughs> You're right. We'll get you next time. <laughs> and uh, Trev is going to like try to add the, his extra line uh, to it, and he's 
pulled yeah. himself out of the the juice and everything like that. But it co- doesn't really come out because he's just flooded with a bunch of energy drink into his mouth. So you know when your your phone has like juice all in it, yeah. it sounds distant. We all know. <laughs> we all know. We all know what that's like. <laughs> you can't really hear it. Yeah. But he he's smiling big. <laughs> <laughs> Can robots burp? <laughs> it's just like <laughs> I wish we still had the slime backpack. We could have sucked it all out of you, but <laughs> at this point, suddenly the water begins to bubble. I'm gonna get one more roll from you. It's the disaster roll. Oh. For every empty trouble box, roll a d6. Do we have any sixes? Yes. yes. Which surprises me because I rolled with two dice. And <laughs> All right. Walt and Trev, you're going to be just fine. Do I have any fours or fives? Four. Four from Helix. Do I have a one, two, or three? Got a three. A three. <laughs> That's the highest one of that tier. So <laughs> that <laughs> means something, right? It means that it's good because it's the highest of... Out of the one to three, I rolled a three, and that's good. Mm-hmm. So, Walt and Trev, mark a style. You avoid <laughs> disaster. Helix, mark a trouble. Close call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Maeve, you're going to mark a doom, because disaster is going to strike. The, the water stirs and then erupts as the dreadfly that had been submerged bursts out. It fires a stream of green slime, narrowly missing Helix, but hitting Maeve. And one more version splits off from you. And you are witnessing this almost as much as you're remembering it, even though this is not something that's happened to you. You're kneeling in the sanctuary of the Arborist Temple, Forrester Tarment is standing over you, ceremonial dagger in hand. And then the dreadfly fires again, coats this image in slime, and sucks it up. And you realize that a reality in which you get your tether cut has just disappeared. Oh, damn. (laughs) What's my doom from that? Tethered? (laughs) So then am I correct in assuming that as long as that doom is on my page, I am I am not getting my tether cut. You can't ever. be untethered. Alright. <laughs> Friends, um, if we can all go and gather under the Wilkie's panic energy chill zone tent uh for a <laughs> brief team meeting, I, I have some important information to impart. And we all excuse ourselves under just like one of those like pop tents that yeah. are at mm-hmm. live events. There's a bunch of coolers of stuff. There's a bunch of like it's a it's one of those ones that you see at summer festivals that have misters. The mist, yeah, but it's <laughs> it, it's a cold mountaintop, but it's still spraying us with energy drink. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. Maeve um, looks over at the fully equipped party lodge that we still haven't set one foot inside, and is like, eh, okay, I guess we're going we into the never tent. Never will. <laughs> uh, it actually has been closed and barricaded because as soon as the dread 
Firefly burst out. Drew and Chloe were like, Vuck's this, and like shut themselves in. Yeah. And BRB is currently knocking on the door being like, guys, come out. There are two Slug Blaster crews here. Deal with it. <laughs> so they're preoccupied with that while you're under the energy drink, Mr. Tent. <laughs> Thank you for gathering here, everyone. I have some information that the ruined Helix imparted onto me. Uh, frankly, it's a lot to process. I, I don't even know if I f- fully understand it. So here, I'll just I'll just play the video for you, and and he can explain it better than perhaps I could. Uh, and Helix pulls out his phone, pulls up the most recent video. It's a very very close on this uh, ruined Helix's face, <laughs> uh, and uh, he has a very similar look to the one Mave that was real big on the arborists. Mm-hmm. Um, Bags under his eyes, messy hair, like who cares about looking good anymore when your dimension is destroyed? Uh, and Helix presses play. You have to understand the toxic fog isn't just rising steadily because it is actually very much on account of actions being taken by all three of the towers. You see, the ground on which all three towers is built isn't solid. Operablum isn't solid earth. It's, it is malleable, it is pliable, and with every level added to the towers, more weight is being put on the foundations, which is sinking the towers deeper, deeper into the ground. A pool is beginning to form. It's actually quite appropriate that we're in a arctic environment. If you think about a heat sink in any kind of arctic domicile, like an igloo, you dig a little hole, the cold air pools in the hole, while the warm air stays up at the top, keeping the residents warm. The same thing is happening with toxic fog from all over the plane. It is pooling at the base, and as each new layer is added, you are not escaping the toxic fog, you are exacerbating it. Our timeline, the timeline I'm from, the weight of all of these new floors, the weight of a inter-tower, interconnected Triskelion base will be the final straw needed to sink the towers low enough that the fog will rise high enough to engulf all three towers, Webb, Lansden, and Kindred, and plunge the entire plane of Operablum into chaos and disorder and death. Do not build any more floors. Do not build an interconnected Triskelion base if it's not too late already. The video stops. And all of you think back to your time on the Multiversal Odyssey, where you first saw the holographic projection of Triskelion Base, and a projection of what it could one day be, extending higher into one tower, where Kindred, Lansden, and Webb simply form the supports underneath. And you realize that Operablum's demise is imminent. Imminent.